Welcome to episode four of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions coming to you with hopes and dreams of a return to travel for himself and others in summer 2022. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today and truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place and on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we could all use a beacon like this in our lives to help guide us during those times that it seems darkest or just something to help add an additional smile to an already wonderful day. I truly hope that this show will become that for you. Go ahead, take a few deep breaths, and come along with me as we begin planning either your first trip to Japan or your return trip to Japan once travel opens back up to us. Getting you to Japan on either your first or return trip is going to continue to be a topic that I'm hitting up on many times through the season. Today's episode is all about spacing out the cost of your trip, along with a couple of my tips that I have to avoid that pre or post Japan vacation sticker shock. Come along with me today on today's journey, and I feel that Japan has that very real possibility of becoming one of your lost without moments. Some big news before we get into today's topic. We have our first sponsor. Can you believe it? So excited about this partnership. Our sponsor is today is the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. And I'm going to put a super brief advertisement that will go at the end of today's show to not interrupt our flow. But if you could give them a listen, check them out. It'd be much appreciated. Now on to today's topic. How are are your first steps going? And a little bit about my recent struggles. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning to Lost Without Japan, thank you again for returning and a little bit of both of yours time. First, I'd like to see how your step one is going. I'm going to keep that going for a while. Have you made that first deposit? Has this become a multiple occurrence? Are you taking those steps, no matter how small, to make your dreams come true? If you have, continue to celebrate. And if you haven't yet, as I'd like to say, don't let those dreams wait any longer. For today, I wanted to say I'm anything but flawless and for sure have my own struggles. One of my continuing struggles has been my repeated attempt at learning Japanese. Now, I don't know if you are like me and how many books or programs or a podcast you might have in your library, in your house, on your computer that were filled kind of with those great intentions, but kind of fell flat. Um, I've started again to go about my Japanese studies, and I was really feeling pretty good about it until recently. I'd gotten further than I ever had and kind of created a routine that was something that was a part of my every day. But I'm fortunate in the fact that this go around, I have someone that's been helping to assist me. But I got to ask, like, why is it so hard sometimes to change what's your normal routine? 
or to truly make like a big change in your life. My goal is truly to end up living in Japan, but it's not really an, an immediate goal, more of one of those goals that's really like 10 plus years away. So that's not something that's a huge driving force at the moment. It's more my vacations that I'm going to be having with my son and the fact that I know that I'm going to be returning um, and truly want to get past that point of being completely illiterate or not being able to communicate. Uh, it, it gets old the longer that you're there. Does it mean that you can't enjoy your time there without knowing uh, Japanese? Not at all. But if you plan on becoming kind of like the habitual travel to Japan like myself, it definitely is something that I want it to uh, end up living with. So as I said, it was going really well up until recently. And I found that like, despite the fact that I was spending a chunk of my day every day, I wasn't really seeing those like goals or probably I'd say unrealistic growth that I was looking to have. And it started to kind of make me want to skip it or watch some Netflix or a movie or just try to like almost inadvertently like uh, go about trying to sabotage myself or just return back to normally what I do, which would be movies, TV, you know, TV, video games, things that like you put your time and effort into, but you really don't get any return except I mean, you get relaxation and that's a huge thing. And I still do them, but it's not like I'm doing it every single night, truly trying to put in uh, the effort into learning Japanese. Luckily, like I said, though, I'm not alone. And in this one, I gotta say, if you're beginning this journey like me, and it, even if it's not learning Japanese, it's just trying to make this trip happen, like, Tell people that are closest to you what you're attempting to do, what your goal is. Tell them how important it is. Tell them that you want to be held accountable. And if they're close to you and like those super close friends that you don't mind uh, ragging on you from time to time, um, but will hold you accountable, try to get as many of those people as possible. And the tutor that I ended up finding has been a huge uh, help with that. And the fact that, you know, he's pointing out, hey, Mike, your pronunciation is getting so much better for the hiragana. And I see growth in you. And he wanted to remind me that this type of study going from English to Japanese is about as difficult as you can get it. And he truly said it's going to be over 2,000 hours of study to get to a point to where you're beginning to kind of feel comfortable to yourself. And that was kind of a big deal because I'm nowhere near 2,000 hours of study. And he said, honestly, he said, just keep at it. Even if you're not realizing the growth that you're looking to, he goes, you are making it. And what's going to happen is enough time's going to go by. You're going to look back and you're going to see this leap in growth that you didn't even realize was happening at that time. So for me, uh, and this is not a paid endorsement, but it was kind of finding a uh, tutor on Amazing Talker. And my teacher's name is Riku, R-I-K-U. And I can't recommend him enough. Um, the price for an hour of his time is really, truly 
nowhere near what I've seen in other sites. And he has been a professional tutor. Um, he has uh, been a teacher and he is a native uh, Japanese, but um, really has a grasp on uh, English as well and really tailors the lesson to what I'm doing. So it's not to sell what I'm trying to do with him, but it's just saying it's okay to struggle. It's okay to feel like you're not making that gain that you want. But man, uh, to really make that change that we're looking to in each other's lives, you know, we need as many people supporting us. And I really want to support you. And I know that you as a listener uh, will reach out and support me and keep me going as well. So truly, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or just uh, message me through Instagram at lostwithoutjapan. So let's get going. Now on to step two. Again, step one was creating that account. Step two is uh, kind of a beginning of some things that I hope will make your trip and time in Japan even better. Uh, If it's a once in a lifetime trip, if it's a returning trip, if it's something you're planning on doing more than one time, one of the most important things that's gonna be whether or not your trip is a success is what you end up bringing with you. Now, this is important. I'm gonna cover quite a bit today But don't let it overwhelm you. Just be thankful that you're not just a few months or a month away from leaving and having to look at getting all of this all at one time and seeing like this huge price tag before you even make your way out of the country. Okay, I'm going to use myself as an example for this topic for today. And really, no matter what time of year you're going to visit, um, these things will apply. Number one, and I can't stress this enough, don't go with roller luggage. Please don't go with your normal suitcases and things that you have. Now, if your finances don't allow for this, I completely understand. Um, Don't let that stop you from going. But let me tell you, from my mistakes, Japan as a whole is limited on space. And at times, this is accentuated so much, especially in Tokyo, where at times I can only find myself staying for a shorter burst of time before I have to take a day trip out. But my first trip was one, and I tried to make it as affordable as possible. I had my roller luggage for two weeks worth of time um, in various Airbnb in Japan. I spent $450. A lot of the places that I stayed at, literally I could stretch my arms out and touch uh, both sides of the apartment. Um, It had a restroom, it had a shower, and really, at the end of the day, that's all you need. Most of your time is gonna be spent out. Um, But one thing I didn't expect was how many places that I stayed in that didn't have an elevator. Again, if you're at uh, some other larger hotels, this is going to be less of an issue. But for those of you that are looking to cut some cost or just experience something that's just not as touristy, you are going to run into some locations that don't have 
elevators. And at the end of the day, honestly, even if it does have an elevator and you're multiple floors, uh, you're not going to want to carry uh, this luggage up those stairs at the end of a day. So really what I'd like to uh, like kind of urge you to get and around the holidays is a great time to look into it is just some a travel backpack. OK, and the nice thing um, about this is that that travel backpack becomes not only just an issue if you don't have an elevator, but it becomes a huge advantage whenever you hop on a subway, a train or a bus. You're just going anywhere because what you're going to find is on those trains, especially during busy times, you are crammed in with so many people and your suitcase taking up the space of possibly more than one person is not going to win you any favors. And for you, it becomes such a hassle, um, especially if you're traveling by yourself, to have to worry about your luggage while you're trying to see if your stop is coming while you're trying to look at your phone to see what stop is coming to know when you're supposed to get off. And now I'm trying to move my luggage so it doesn't bump into you know anybody. Please, I said, the uh, uh, backpack is great. Um, what you're going to find, and really it's something I wish that I saw, like I had seen earlier in Chicago, um, is the fact that people will take their backpacks and kind of flip them to the front of themselves uh, so that you are not bumping into somebody with it on your back. And by doing so, um, you're taking up less space. You're not intentionally ruining someone's day. And it also frees your hands up to hold your phone to check where you're going. And for me, that alone, that lack of stress is just a huge deal. And at the end of a long travel day of travel, do I really want to haul my luggage up seven flights of stairs like I did on my first one? No. And let me tell you, some of the stairways for some of the places I, I stayed in, again, $450 for two weeks, so nothing exotic. Um, Literally, my suitcase barely fit with me, lifting it one step at a time. Horrible. <laughs> so if you have an REI or a camping store near you, please take the time to actually go be fitted and see what it's like to actually have weight in a backpack and see what it feels like on you. It truly helped me narrow down my purchase and it taught me how to wear it properly, how to pack it, a lot of different things. And let me tell you, remember, you don't have to buy when you go. Wait for a sale, wait, check other sites. It's your money. And at the end of the day, that $50 you save could be even more for your trip. But as is the case with like REI, and I'm sure there's other um, manufacturers that are the same as it comes to backpacks, but they have a lifetime warranty. And there are many places that if something tears or breaks, you can find a location to help you with that issue all over the world and even um, within Japan. Like, how amazing is that? Now, this is a bigger purchase. And I agree, uh, but this is one thing that you're going to use if you travel again. It doesn't matter where you go. Let me tell you, after having this backpack, I've used it in many more locations than just going to Japan. 
If you have questions about that or want to know a little bit more about the one that I have, again, just reach out to me. Now, one thing that may seem silly, but really has become like a routine of mine as I'm prepping to go on vacation again, is to make a list of what I would want to have with me as far in advance as possible. And if you're going in winter, this is going to look different than in spring, you know, summer and so on. Lots of time for me, I end up going during summer. And one thing I can't recommend enough are bamboo fiber clothes, your undershirts, your undergarments, your socks. And after using them in Japan, I use them all year long, even uh, during the harsh uh, Chicago winters. So what I usually end up doing is I'll buy a new pack of bamboo socks and undergarments and what I'll do is I'll take them with me uh, on the trip and at the end of the trip, you know, the couple of weeks that I have, I just throw them in to what I have to use at home. And uh, it's really huge. The one thing that I try to hold off and just put in my closet till I need again are the undershirts as those are definitely more expensive. But let me tell you, having that and a light dress shirt for when you want to dress up is just a huge thing and really makes a world of difference. Another great purchase uh, comes from you visiting a running store. Now, I don't run at all, not even if I'm chased. But that being said, you will do a large amount of walking in Japan. I don't care where you are in Japan, you're going to end up doing way more walking than you ever thought possible. So getting a pair of light, comfortable shoes that supports your feet, as well as inserts if you need them, can make for a huge difference in your trip. It could end up being the difference between like ruining your trip because of pain or feeling drained um, because of the constant wear that, you know, incorrect shoes are taking on you. And having all of that there really, really has made a huge difference for me. And when I walk through Kyoto or just at the end of the day, I notice I'm not sitting there trying to take ibuprofen or Tylenol or having to, you know, rest myself for a day because I overdid it. It's really a huge thing. And again, like the backpack, it's a pricey purchase. But guess what? The shoes that I buy for Japan and the inserts that I buy stay in my closet when I'm not traveling, which means when I go this summer, all I'm doing is taking my shoes and inserts that are in a box in my closet and putting them on my feet and heading out the door for my plane. So think of it again as just kind of an investment upon yourself, your trip, and just, you know, like your overall enjoyment of the time that you have. Now, if you're just going for the weekend or if this is going to be a shorter trip for you, is it something that you have to do? No. If this is the difference between you going and you not going, don't worry about it. Go with what you normally have. But I'm telling you, learn from my mistakes and go with comfortable shoes.
Now, I hope I'm not overwhelming you, you know, like with all of this talk of spending money and things that's here. But my biggest goal for this is to make you think about doing purchases throughout the time that's leading to your trip. So if you can order a pair of socks, like the bag of socks, not a pair of socks, but enough socks for your trip, and then maybe next paycheck or the paycheck after you order some undergarments, and after that you get some shirts and after that you get your you know inserts and maybe you know a couple paychecks after that you get your shoes and what's going to happen is you're going to start building up that trip reserve that you're going to use and instead of like ready to step out the door ready to hop on a plane trying to figure out what's going on and then not having as much money as you thought that you'd have on the trip because you just spent X amount to be prepared, you're going to go into the trip with everything that you need. And that means you're going to have more money while you're there. And it's going to really minimize the chance of you having to um, buy more of things that you didn't even think about while you're there, um, which is going to reduce that sticker shock of coming back. Now, Just a couple of um, other things uh, in this regard. I'm not done with offering suggestions, but again, I'm going to save some uh, for next episode and talk about some other smaller purchases that will help you make sure that your trip goes out without a hitch. Now, on to our thoughts uh, and lost without moment section. Now, my hope is that this section will end up being filled with listener questions and you're lost without moments. But at the moment, I'm going to start taking a look about relevant news topics for Japan and things that may end up impacting your trip. So I will still cover my lost without moments. I will happily share yours. Um, But I'm also going to add some news discussion with this. And one of the biggest things that has made me feel like our chance of traveling next summer is increasingly becoming more likely is an article that I saw from ABC News. And the title of the article is Vaccine Masks? Question mark. Japan's puzzling over sudden virus success. And it's Mary Yamaguchi of the Associated Press. The article is October 18th if you want to look at it yourself. But one thing that jumped out to me is that the vaccination rate in Japan that was lagging so far behind for so long is now almost at 70%. That's huge. Also, recently, according to the article, COVID cases in Tokyo are at a 11-month low, which means to me that I'm beginning to see some faint glimmers of hope that if we can prove we're vaccinated and our cases are here, you know, and under control, that hopefully that quarantine time will be reduced or be removed and not be an issue at all. But just even that taking the quarantine from 14 days to 10 is a promising step. And it's one that I hope is opened up for tourism and not just, you know, business deals and people going back and forth in that regard. So I really, really am beginning to get hopeful 
and hope that both of us begin to see a light at the end of the tunnel and all of us begin to start boarding planes for our dream trips. Now, a little PSA reminder if you haven't yet, please go ahead, pull up your calendar on your phone and set that reminder. If you've already begun saving money, maybe it's a reminder to buy some bamboo fiber socks. Maybe it's a reminder to go to an REI or a running store. Whatever it is, let's make that next plan right now. Let's continue on your journey. I'm not going to let you down. I want to keep supporting you in this, okay? So for some housekeeping, please give a follow, a like, a comment on your favorite streaming service. And for updates of the show, feel free to follow on Instagram.com at Lost Without Japan or visit lostwithoutjapan.lipson.com. And again, if you'd like to reach out to me directly, please feel free to email me at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com. Look for the next episode to arrive in two weeks and have our adventure continue together as we continue our discussion about getting you to Japan and you beginning to make your own Lost Without Japan moments in episode five. Like I said, for those of you that have hung around this long, thank you so much for our time. And after our outro, I'm going to go ahead and play our sponsor's advertisement. Please reach out, say hi, say that I sent you. And on behalf of the Lost Without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip. And we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in the very near future. To everyone out there, Oginki Day. Stay well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turner, with my co-host, Fogrella, Brian Limper. And when you need a break from planning your upcoming trip or maybe even your first trip to Japan, be sure to come check us out on the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast, your number one source for all things K-Pop related.